Hello and welcome. You're listening to Fourth Estate, the show where journalists talk journalism. Coming to you from 2SER in Sydney on Gadigal lands of the Eora Nation, right across Australia on the Community Radio Network and directly to your device across the globe via podcast. My name is Peter Frey, and for my sins, I'm the co-director of the Centre for Media Transition at the University of Sydney, and my producer today is Anthony Dockrell. Coming up... Hands up, ABC! 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 It's been four days since the ABC board fired Managing Director Michelle Guthrie, and my, oh my, what a few days it has been. To borrow from Oscar Wilde, to lose one key executive may be regarded as a misfortune, to lose two looks like carelessness. In fact, uh, it looks like a whole lot of more besides, which we're going to spend the next 30 minutes or so talking about. The underbelly of political and media life in this country has been laid bare by a series of revelations concerning the toxic relationship between Guthrie and the ABC's chairman, then chairman, Justin Milne, who repeatedly attempted to get the managing director to sack journalists who Milne said were causing problems for the broadcaster's relationship with the Turnbull government. Well, it all came home to roost today after being somewhat isolated by the former Prime Minister Turnbull and the Minister for Communications, Mitch Fifield, Justin Milne resigned after the board asked him to consider his position. But is this where all the bloodletting should stop? The whole affair has, incidentally, managed to unite the nation's left and right. The chorus of those calling for Milne to go included the ABC staff and nonetheless Andrew Bolt and Janet Albrechtson, to name a few. The government has launched an investigation into editorial interference at the ABC and the opposition wants the matter referred to, the Senate, to a Senate inquiry. And, uh, oh, for good measure, Michelle Guthrie is indicating she's going to sue. What a mess. So what does it all mean? What now for the ABC? Has Guthrie gone from zero to hero in four days? Was Milne a government stooge? Should the board resign as well? And what needs to happen to prevent this all happening again with the new MD and the new chair of the board? And just why is the ABC's manager director's job such a poison chalice? To help me answer those questions for you, and many more we can think of, I'm sure, I am joined by a stellar cast of people who know all about this stuff. Quinton Dempster is, among many things, a former staff-elected member of the ABC board and an award-winning ABC journalist who now plies his trade for the news website, The News Daily. Hello, Quinton. Hi, Peter. Steve Ahern is the editor and founder of Radio Info, a former senior manager at the ABC who managed to get through three uh, managing directors in his time. Not that he did anything personally about that. And also he's a former director of the radio, uh, director of radio at the Australian Film and Television and Radio School Afters. Good day, Peter. Lovely to have you. And on the line from Melbourne, uh, Miriam Robin. He's a much-loved and, dare I say it, much-feared rear-window columnist of the Australian Financial Review and the former media editor at Crikey. Hello, Miriam. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a great pleasure. Thank you all three for coming. So just to roll this back a little bit for our listeners, on Monday the story broke, and then the reason was given for the need to remove the, a, a managing director halfway through a five-year team term was the need for a fresh start. Pretty soon, this got broken down into the sacking was due to Michelle Guthrie and the board having a very poor working relationship. And Guthrie was, in a nutshell, not good at working the room. 
She wasn't so good with the journals, it was said, and she couldn't do the politics. So let's fast forward to today. Does that story stack up? Miriam, what do you think? I mean, I think there were uh, concerns about the way Michelle Guthrie did the managing directorship um, role for, for pretty much her entire tenure. Um, of course, you know, there's there's always a, a lot of, you know, back and forth and we don't we don't really know the the details of everything but but surely part of the role is is public advocacy and and the feeling on that was that she wasn't a very good advocate for the ABC she wasn't a very good advocate for staff or to the broader public or it seems to politicians um and and I I think that's you know that that's still a valid story um maybe it's not the whole story but it's certainly an aspect that we can't just put aside no, I, I agree with you there. What do you think, uh, Steve? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that um, there's many issues in this that we'll unpack as we go through, but one of them is management capacity. And um, as good a manager as Michelle Guthrie might have been in her other jobs, she ended up managing a significant Australia-wide cultural and news organisation, and she had multiple roles that she would be expected to play, and I don't think she played them well enough in her two years. Hugh, what do you think? Um, All these criticisms are valid. The biggest uh, deficiency that we saw was her incapacity to handle the interrogations at the Senate estimates Mm. as a managing director. Uh, her scripted her scripted defences of the ABC were very good, mm. I must say, in a very hostile atmosphere. Yes. They're scripted. But when you, you've got to be ha- uh, very handy on your feet, you've got to have the command of the brief, you've got to instill confidence. For a chief executive being unable to do that on your feet was, uh, was a major deficiency. And I think from that moment, earlier this year at those Senate estimates, where it was embarrassingly obvious mm. that she was out of her depth in that field, she might have been very good at digital stuff, and uh, as uh, the chairman had indicated, but that was a deficiency. She was vulnerable then, and other executives, I think, in the ABC uh, were, were starting to agitate that maybe she wasn't the best for the job. So this the, goes, the, the sorry, only point well, I wanted to make about yeah. this to understand why all this blood has now been spilt, as I've tried to look at it, as of last Friday, she was going to go quietly mm. as in a in a, um, uh, a mutually agreed departure, but she arced up with the board discussions that had been going on for many days, apparently, and she said, no, you terminate me. Very risky. And now, obvious, the board has misjudged Michelle Guthrie in the, in the sense, not thinking that she wouldn't, uh, she wouldn't uh, uh, she take this go? public. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she has, and now it's all this dirty linen has been washed in public. And this is... You know, in a sense, just sticking on Michelle Guthrie, because clearly this story isn't now about Michelle Guthrie or not only about her. Um, she has, in a sense, gone from, you know, zero to maybe hero. I mean, the way the nature we'll of... see how the next week plays out. Well, I know. It's remarkable. So uh, this shows that she had an inner steel that maybe we, as Quinton is suggesting, Miriam, that we didn't know about. Or maybe she has different advisors now. Um, you know, maybe <laughs> she she's got aggressive lawyers, or um, yeah. yeah. But uh, it, it certainly does seem like a, and you know, a new side of Michelle Guthrie. And you know, it's not just you know, and we don't know where the leaks came from. You know, it's it's not certain she had anything to do with them. Though I can see why many people have assumed she has. Um, but you know, just little things like all of the going out for you know for lunches and putting it up on you know social media and the like. It's it's almost like she's um. She's playing a power game that I don't think we'd seen from her before. 
And is it, I mean, again, this is speculative, I suppose, but is it because, in a sense, for the last six months, if all this has been going on behind the scenes with the chair, has she, in a sense, you know, do we have to give her a, some element of the benefit of the doubt that there, there she was having this incredibly, seemingly hostile conversations with with the board and, in particular, the chair? So did she have a chance? Let's just stick with Miriam for a minute and then we'll go across. Miriam? Um, did she have a chance? I mean, I think um, I, I think you know Justin Milne, who it seems to be the the main person that she's fallen out with. Uh, he wasn't there at the start of her term, and and a lot of the the sort of missteps actually came at the the start of her term. Um, and and you know that that had nothing to do with the board. I think a lot of the board yeah. has turned over since then. That's a fair um, point. Yeah. But look, it it can't you know it, it can't have helped, and it does make you think about. There was a lot of, you know, with the Amarbarici stuff, there was a lot read into her unwillingness to very publicly defend Emma Arborici, um and to leave that to lower level, um, lower level executives like the the news director and the like. And yeah. and you know maybe if the board was in her ears saying we can't antagonise the government on this, maybe she pulled her punches because of that. But well, maybe I don't know. maybe uh, it does go to Quinton's point that she seemed unable to have a, a feel for the journalism which, you know, I think she will always be remembered as someone who didn't really have a feel for the journalism uh, at the ABC. Um, regrettably, that's, uh, that's true. She got the feel towards the, uh, towards the end over the Alberici affair, which was full on. I mean, when I think she was interviewed for the managing directorship, uh, uh, one of the things the managing director has to handle, be able to handle, is an enraged prime minister on the telephone. Mm. And if you can't, at likewise, the chairman, the same applies to the chairman. It's fundamental. Uh, yes, Prime Minister, I hear you're hurt, and I hear that you, you think we've done uh, uh, egregious things with our coverage of your government. Uh, I'm happy to take your complaint, but I'm not going to sack Emma Alberici. I'm not going to sack uh, Andrew Proben or anybody else. We have to go through well, due isn't, process. Well, isn't the response from the chair, and I'm not going to pass it on to the, to the managing director? Uh, in the if, terms you've given it to me. It, well, exactly, exactly. It's it's a question then of clearly, even if Malcolm Turnbull's your mate from Aussie Mail, <laughs> you have to be able to say, Malcolm, I'm not doing that. Mm. Or, I beg your pardon, Prime Minister, P I'm P not doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's right, PM. Steve, in your experiences at the ABC, I mean, are we, seeing, are we hearing about something that is unheard of or are we just seeing the real underside of the belly that is already there? Yeah, I think it's more the underside of the belly that's already there. I mean, the the resignation of the chair, I think, is a bit unprecedented. But everything else happens all the time and there are constant complaints and there's, there's many um, key issues that a managing director has to be aware of. First one is the ABC is owned by all Australians. We're all shareholders. We all have an equal say in it. So Malcolm Turnbull's voice has to be listened to just as much as mine and yours and the guy who sweeps the streets yeah. and anybody. But the, the point is that it has to be listened to in equal measure. So everyone's got the right to complain. There has to be a process to accept those complaints, to feed them back into the editorial process, to maybe adjust the stories and respond appropriately. Uh, and one voice is one voice. Um, of course, we know that that's the theory, that's the principle, and that should happen. But we also are realistic, and we know that in any news organisation worth its salt, there's constant pressures. And so managing directors and news editors have to 
know the process. And I think Michelle Guthrie didn't know or use the process that was in place. And when we, we look at the Alberici articles and others, I think there were faults with some of Emma Alberici's articles. And that uh, the Prime Minister and the Communications Minister were right to complain but then you feed that back. You do a correction. We've all done that. You, next mm-hmm. day, you do a correction. You do a follow-up story. You put the other point of view. And then if it's serious enough, yes, do, a, do an inquiry. Make a judgment. But you don't just leave these things fester until they get worse. So you could argue that Milne in – I mean, look, I think you could argue that we've seen at the very least overreach on the part of the chair. But at the same time, perhaps – the the people who were complaining are not all equal. They are the people who hold the purse strings. And is he not, could you not argue, maybe, that he's doing his job by saying, hey, look, you keep pissing off Malcolm and Mitch Fifield. Do something about it. I think that's a fair point. And I think he is doing his job to take the temperature of the current government over funding issues. And that's appropriate for a chair and and for all the senior people. But again, to that point of principle, you don't let that affect the editorial. Mm. Amirin, do you think the rest of the board should resign now? I um, I I think that there's been um, a real lack of clarity around what exactly they're doing. Like I think um, <laughs> if you if you look at you know the the way Michelle Guthrie's uh, sacking was announced on Monday, left a lot of answered questions. And then yesterday, uh, you know, according to reports, they had a board meeting and, and decided they were sticking behind Justin Milne and that, you know, they'd already seen these comments about we have to get rid of Emma. Um, and, and now suddenly there's a, there's a couple more revelations, but all broadly of the same tenor as what was out there yesterday. Mm. And, and now suddenly it's like, oh, you know, well, we think he needs to step down. And I almost feel like they've been you know, they're the ones running and reacting to public pressure and they've lost control. And um, And I think it has tarnished all of them. And I, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure what what they should do now. But I guess the fact is it's also really difficult to appoint ABC board members. There's a whole process around it. So it's not like they're easily replaced. Well, um, yeah, it's been pointed out by Meg Simons and a few others that at least three of the seven appointed during uh, Mitch Fifield's term were not appointed on merit. So they, again, if Milne, and we'll get to this question, whether Milne was a bit of a government stooge, we've got three of the members of the board who are basically government stooges who are, are tossing in the wind waiting for a signal from Canberra or, dare I say, at New York. What do you think, Chris Quinton, on that? Well, um, we did... Uh, I was one of the activists who uh, argued very strongly from uh, the time whether the Keating uh, and um, uh, Labor Party and then the uh, the Howard government were stacking the board with uh, ideologues and partisans. Some of them were, were qualified and uh, and good citizens and what have you. But there was a clear political patronage that had damaged the ABC standing. We're trying to maintain trust in the taxpayer institution. But if the taxpayers and the public sees, oh, you know, there's a board stack on, that damages the reputation and trust. Uh, there's so was this a stack board? Uh, I think it was, It was yes. I think that that's the difficulty with it now because we're going to uh, the antecedents of all the directors and say, well, what's the influence peddling underway here? Hmm. Um, I don't think uh, Justin Milne was, I think Justin Milne was merit selected uh, and shortlisted. Jim Spiegelman was merit selected 
and shortlisted. Uh, he had to put his hand up. They put ads in the paper mm. uh, as a result of the merits election. I think that was helps, Steve, to what we're saying about the public owns the ABC. And, and, and you, want a, you want a board with a mix of skills from finance and governance, broadcasting and cultural activities and education, what have you. Hopefully you get a board full of dynamic Australians, uh, both on ABC and SBS board, uh, because they're unique, wonderful institutions to take uh, their services further mm. uh, as part of Australian media, underpinning Australian media. So um, uh, we're going to have a debate now about uh, the composition of the board and the merit selection of the, of, of the board. Peter, your question was, uh, should the board resign? I don't think so. <laughs> We've had enough destabilisation. Enough, enough blood. But it plays <laughs> now, it plays now into the uh, future argument about the survival of the ABC. And that's Absolutely. going to be a major federal election. Which we're, we're going to get to. And just, just, just on that point, just to stay with the board and Steve, bringing you in here. I mean, Miriam makes that point. It's a very good point that we still are very unclear as to what has gone on. And the board looks, as, as she makes that point, you know, that it's been tossed around in the wind. Yeah, it has. And I do think there'll be more to come out. I think that probably Justin Milne's resignation today will quieten it down, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's more to come out. Um, returning to that board stacking issue, and Quentin definitely was the key mover to change things. And there has been great change in the way board, the board is selected. The time-honoured way was to stack the board and then when it came time to appoint a new managing director to find a person who on the face of it looked right but would be unfamiliar with the way the ABC ran or would have a different point of view and you parachute them in and they destabilise the organisation for their term and then the government can uh, keeps the ABC on the back foot. So it really worked this everything's time. everything's internal. It, it, it worked. <laughs> it worked a treat. It worked a but treat. But it went the wrong way, didn't it? Yeah. Well, it depends which way you look at it. Well, but okay. If the... you think that the, you know, stacking and appointing the wrong person has a strategy behind it, which is to keep the ABC looking at itself, confused a hidden, a hidden and all that. Yes. Well, or cultural yeah. change could be another way of thinking about it. Yeah, right? sure. And so have we seen cultural change at the ABC under the term of Michelle Guthrie? You have in the sense of uh, the uh, the whole of, as we've had discussions on this program before, Peter, is that the with <laughs> with the um, the audience moving to, uh, to access media from digital devices, uh, the whole debate inside the ABC was to get ahead of this wave. So it's still left standing with original, distinctive Australian content accessible on digital devices. The digital transformation. The ABC has been very good at technology, particularly when it got a, uh, under Mark Scott's managing directorship. For all that money. When it got a little bit more money, not a lot of money, from, uh, <laughs> from the Rudd-Gillard government and helped Scott and the board uh, enhance the transformation of the ABC to a digital, uh, to, to get it up to a digital platform. Still not there. The whole of the media is disrupted. Mm. So the board's discussion and strategy is what, what are we going to do so that the ABC survives to its 100th anniversary in 2032, uh, still relevant to audiences and particularly young people who are accessing via devices. And I think from that point of view, Michelle Guthrie had the, the goods, the track record, but delivery is just incidental, you know. Is it an FM transmitter, an AM? Is it 100 watts? Who cares? Nobody cares except the people who have to 
work well, out the Justin transmission Justin Milne path. seemed to care so much about this jet stream that he seemed to get rid of his managing director. Well, and I think that's the problem because that's the focus on delivery and that shouldn't be the focus. The focus should be on the content. Well, let's talk about Jetstream because uh, I don't know enough about it yet, but what sounds to me like a an all-encompassing uh, uh, cloud archive yes, of everything archive, the ABC has yeah. ever produced so that it can be played through the digital devices or wherever. They, if Elon Musk puts satellites all around the world and we all get free Wi-Fi, the idea of terrestrial transmission of radio and television, video and audio, uh, will no longer be there. Yep. I don't think we're at that stage, and we should ever be in that stage. We'll always need a terrestrial transmission as a backup. The people of Canada, as vast a country as Australia geographically, have said they don't want to see their, their uh, digital transmission being sold uh, for commercial reasons. So right. Jetstream is a big debate we should have, and whether it's the technology that's going to take us further. Uh, Michelle Guthrie seemed to be saying it's a lower priority. She seemed to be accepting what we all accept. You've got to put the higher strategy on uh, content creation uh, across the well, genre. M- Michelle Guthrie didn't have the money to deliver Jetstream. And, and I'm sure Justin Milne, in, in fairness to him, was saying if he could pull that off, if he could pull mm-hmm. off uh, uh, money from Malcolm, yeah. uh, his yeah. mate Malcolm, mm-hmm. yeah. to help the ABC make the transition, that he was de- he would well, be delivering a substantial well, well, M- legacy. Marion, let's bring you back in here. Well, I mean, I mean what, yeah, go on. what was the chairman doing coming up with uh, a technology platform <laughs> that the organisation should move to? I mean, that, that's not the job of the board. Yeah. Yeah. Although you know, we don't there's... know yet that whether he came up with it or whether he just ran with something that was already bubbling around. Well, uh, Milne looks to me like someone, uh, a sort of a, a slightly middle-aged man who discovers technology later in life. <laughs> and and I, I mean, there's a lot of them around. I possibly am uh, one of them myself. But You're, you're, uh, jumping, uh, you're jumping to a judgment. Well, I am jumping to a judgment. But, but to Miriam's point, what, what what on earth was he doing coming up with the tech saying this well, is what the, we have to have? He's on the board of NBA. Sorry, Miriam, you go. <laughs> No, oh well, I mean, I, look, I, I think the fact that there's so that there's, I mean, I don't know why there's so little information about it. I mm. think it sounds to me like something like a direction Justin Milne thinks we should go in um, with the ABC. I mean, I, I mean, I just think like so. So, I mean, the ABC board at the moment, and, and I know there's been a, a bit of discussion about, you know, how it's been stacked. I think that the government's overarching aim with who, how to set up the ABC board has been geographic diversity. Yes. So they've, they've been having, you know, someone from every state. And, and a lot of these people, um, you know, don't have all that much um, public sector sort of governance experience. And, and I think that in Justin Milne's case, it's, it's clearly, you know, he's, he's thought, well, what's my expertise? It's, you know, all of this innovative stuff. But I just think it, it wasn't his job. And, you know, he sort of... Mm. All right. It's like there was a great line in The Guardian about, uh, you know, a, a chairman who wanted to be managing director mm, and a mm. managing director who wanted to be chair. And yes, I mean, yes. I think that that really... One of, the, one of the quotes of the week. Um, just sticking with you. So let's get really big picture now. So is this a sort of a, an existential crisis for the ABC or is this like one massive pothole that everyone's fallen in, but, but they'll get out of it in a couple of weeks time? Mirans, what do you think? Um, well, I think, I think there's, I think that they have, well, they just have so many positions that they have to fill now. And I think, you know, between the a permanent managing director and the new chairman and, and, you know, this is, this is significant. This is a, this is a big problem for them. Um, I mean, I, I think it'll take a few months to fix at least. Well, let's stick with, okay, well, what do we want to see in the, 
what are the criteria? Let's draw the job ad for the next managing director of the uh, of the ABC. The first criteria, obviously, is very thick skin. What's the second one, Quinton? Um, a communication skill and uh, complete knowledge of the brief about the future of uh, broadcasting and content creation in Australia. We've got the video streamers uh, really disrupting uh, free-to-air television. We've got online online news sites um, uh, changing the nature of, uh, of uh, media. Uh, we've got a serious problem about content creation and its costs and the adequacy of funding to the ABC to meet all the demands, let alone the fact that the ABC is Sydney-centric. Mm. So an ability to put that communicate to the public and communicate to the government and the parliament. It, we act, uh, the ABC is a creature of an act of the, of the federal parliament. To be able to communicate that is absolutely vital to the skills of a managing director. Uh, can I make, uh, just, just jump in before you go, Steve, I mean, do we actually need the ABC now, given the amount of content that is available to us? I believe we do. Um, a lot of my work now is international. I go all around the world working with private and government broadcasters facing the challenges that are ahead and thinking about their role. And I see a lot of countries where we don't have a public broadcaster acting in the national interest like we do here in Australia, and those countries are worse off for it. There may be times where the national broadcast will have to readjust, cut its cloth differently, all of that. And so that comes back to your question about the the criteria for yes. a managing director, a pair of safe hands, someone who knows how to run the business and do it as best they can within the money that the taxpayers give, but someone who can articulate the fact that if we did not have a national broadcaster, then the broadcasting landscape would be fundamentally changed. There would be different control, and I believe our country would be worse off for it. Do you agree with that, Miriam? I mean, I, I, of course. I mean, I think the um, the ABC, um, you know, and, and there's there's so much um, there's so much support for it, you know, just democratically. I think, you know, it, mm. it's a democratic thing for it to remain a part of Australia's future, just because it's what the people want. And I think it's been one of the interesting things about this week has just been seeing how the government tries to to handle all this fallout, um, you know, largely through distancing themselves. Um, and, you know, they've called this inquiry about what happened. And, and I suspect you don't call an inquiry like that unless you know that it's going to absolve you in some way. Mm. And I think, you know, it's, it's a situation where the Liberal Party has just... Um, it plays well to their base to talk about how the ABC isn't that important and how maybe you should privatise it or whatever, but, but there's, there's no actual support for that or there's very little support for that and now they've got an election coming up and, and they're vulnerable on the ABC and, um, and, and that's why you're, you're getting them, you know, reacting the, the way they have today and being willing to sacrifice Justin Mill. Well, that's very that, true. I was reading a, a tweet from Gavin Morris, the director of ABC News, and it was a very well-articulated tweet this morning to ABC staff yes, yes, saying, you know, just you know, do, do the job, mm. your work is for the Australian people. And very good tweet. But what I was more interested in was the 120 comments that followed. There were a small number of the loony right and the loony left extremists, but the rest of the comments were hearts and smileys and thumbs up from what looked like normal people just saying, good on the ABC, 
keep your chin up, do your job. You know, we're out here, the quiet majority of Australians supporting mm. the institution. Well, just on that, on that sort of question about reorganising the ABC, maybe. I mean, an age-old debate, but again, is a very good debate to have, is should the managing director be the editor-in-chief? Look, why do you keep raising it, Peter? It's a news corporation, Furphy. Of course, when you were the editor-in-chief yes. of, of uh, the Herald... I wasn't you, the managing director. Yes, but yes, you, but you, you had to upward refer mm. to uh, the chief executive if there was a, uh, an issue that would put shareholders' uh, money at risk in a defamation action. You'd say, I've checked this with the lawyers mm. uh, and uh, I'm going to publish. Mm-hmm. Michelle Guthrie or the managing director of the ABC would c- have that role as, as publisher and report to the board on the on the defamation list and what have you. So um, uh, ultimately, and if, if, if the managing director said, look, there's a very great risk for the uh, corporation in the publication of this Four Corners piece, for example, mm. I better take it to the board. And so the board signs off on it. So the, the managing director is editor-in-chief. And with, but dele- I think we see with delegated authority. So yes. ultimately, it's the publisher, whether it's a news corporation or the ABC. Um, it's it's the the resource manager who has ultimate responsibility for the protection of the resources. Of but the it's corporation. not only about resource management being the editor in chief. It's making editorial decisions, which we've discussed earlier, that she wasn't that good at making, or, or a sense I, of a sense of editorial. I beg your pardon. I, I don't believe that's the case. What what examples have you got? What the sense that she didn't have it. She didn't bring the staff with her, right? I mean, it was a yes, remarkable response yes. to her sacking. When you have someone like Sally Neighbour, for instance, saying, you know, good decision. There's a great hurt inside. There's a world of hurt inside the ABC and has been since 2014 because she has had to downsize the joint. She and the board have had to downsize the joint because uh, there's no alternative to living within your means. So they had to restructure. They had to get rid of programs. Uh, with uh, 70% of the of the uh, annual appropriation going on payroll, the only way you can live within your means is to put people out the door. Mm. And they've re-hired some because of, of, of restructure for, for digital, as we've discussed, and uh, that, that causes a great deal of resentment. So, but didn't Michelle go through one happier stories? She, she, didn't, I that... think she learned from those inappropriate <laughs> remarks to Four Corners very early on about doing some business things that she, all of a sudden, she had a, a vast mm. education. So I'm, I'm cutting her some slack on okay. that. Well, uh, but she had other serious deficiencies, which I've right. already discussed about her communication skills as a managing director out in the field. Okay. So I'm going to, uh, Miriam, you, you spend your uh, column uh, writing names in bold. <laughs> Mm. This is part of your job descriptions. Can you use the bold key? Gossiper. Uh, can you give us some names who you think should be in the frame for the next managing director and chair? Um, well, I, I think, um, well, I'll say that. So the past two managing directors, so including Guthrie and Mark Scott before her, have been names that no one predicted beforehand. So, mm. you know, take that with a, with a grain of salt. Okay. But I think the, the obvious, um, you know, the obvious one is David Anderson, um, who's the acting uh, yes. Managing director now, and and then there's you know the the usual the usual list of names that that always get get put for these things you know whether it's uh, people with um, people from the world of television or broadcast like like Kim Williams mm, or uh, you know SBS is uh, losing a managing director yeah. soon so you know there, there's you know there's always there's always names like that but 
So you, I mean, I think it's probably going to be David Anderson, but I mean, I don't know. But no, it just I, seems like that would be the sensible choice. Okay. Well, it happened after Jonathan Shire's reign when there was a lot of destabilisation and last man standing was Russell Balding. And um, uh, I heard at the time the government were saying, you know, anyone but the the guy in the grey cardigan, he's boring, he's an accountant. Mm. And yet he did a solid job because he was a pair of safe hands and he played mm. it low key. He could articulate um, enough of the, the role of the broadcaster, but he also had a firm hand on management and process. Okay. okay. And Quinton, you could be the next chair. Can we just yes, that there we are. Here? There's your nomination <clears throat> going in right now, Quinton. Uh, I couldn't possibly comment. The, um, <laughs> listen, um, it's, it's, it, it's important that uh, uh, the government tries to stabilise and if it's trying to establish, if it's trying to establish its commitment to the independence, which Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister, and Mitch Fifield, the Minister, Communication Minister, have said they're committed to, well, they can show that and demonstrate to the public by the quality of their choice of the next chairman. We need a, we need a dynamic Australian. Uh, these, are, these are hard to find, I suppose, with, with the experience in a, as a mm. corporate governance sense and a leadership sense to instill confidence from the public and for the outfit itself. Well, maybe they'll ask Mark Scott. They could ask Mark Scott, but I'm told he's uh, enjoying being the uh, the secretary of uh, yes, the New he, South Wales Education Department. Yes, he only has to deal with NAPLAN, not... Uh, well, he has to deal <laughs> with all else. those teachers. <laughs> and the teachers That's a remarkable job. <laughs> the allegedly <laughs> powerful teachers' federation. Yeah, okay. So, uh, okay, we don't really have the name for the next chair, but that type of person, as you say, independent, high in governance, impeccable credentials. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who? Well, I'm looking at him. I'm looking. I'm looking at two great options, Miriam. Um, uh, any other final thoughts about the ABC? I mean, just that question. Is it, in a word, existential crisis or pothole? Um, uh, I think pothole, and I, and I do say that um, with a bit of a with a bit of a caveat, which is that I think um, basically since the the coalition government was elected first under Tony Abbott, it's been very difficult for the ABC, and. There could be a change of government soon, um, and I imagine if if there w was, um, at least on the financial side, things will get a lot easier for a the ABC. I was reading back today over some coverage of Mark Scott and, and his having departed and how people viewed his legacy, and, and the one thing a lot of people brought up was just the fact that there was a Labor government who gave him more money, and it gave him space to move um, and I think, uh, you know, it, it can be hard under coalition governments that are sceptical of the ABC, but they don't last forever. Well, that's a good point. You know, in a sense, it's a shame this timing in a way, because if there was going to be a change of government next year, it might have been an easier, easier job to fill. Well, um, that's why I was surprised on Monday when uh, mm. they uh, sacked uh, Michelle Guthrie in the private sector. If the, if the organisation's losing money uh, and the strategies being paired, you get rid of the, the CEO straight away. Mm. But the ABC is publicly funded. And if, it, if uh, they allowed her another six months for dignity's sake, uh, that would have been much easier, a, a mutually agreed departure. Mm. Uh, the, the public sector has got time. And uh, with the uh, political context, if there was a potential of change of government and a rescue of ABC finances, everything would be looking up for, for yes. Justin Milne. He'd well, still be the chairman. Justin Milne was obviously a man in a hurry. Steve? Yes. Well, I think it's the existential crisis, and I think we may as well talk about that and um, rev revise and review uh, 
the issues of having a credible national broadcaster owned by the people at this time where trust in media and new media is causing everything to be up in the air. So it's very unfortunate that this has happened, but now that it's happened, have the debate and confirm in society once again um, what we expect of the ABC and why it's valuable. Well, on that very uh, appropriate note, uh, that's it from the Fourth Estate. Um, And I'd like to say that it is refreshing to finally talk on this show about people losing their jobs who are not journalists. (laughs) We spent a lot of time talking about journalists losing their jobs. And I'd like to very much thank uh, the guests tonight, Steve Ahern, the um, editor and founder of Radio Info and uh, a lot more besides. Quinton Dempster, keep keep doing that journalism thing, Q. <laughs> um, and I look forward to your application. Uh, and Miriam Robin, uh, rear, rear window columnist at the Australian Financial Review on the line from Melbourne. Thank you all for uh, your contributions. And let's, let's do it again. Thanks, Miriam. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, All of us. And make sure you subscribe to The Fourth Estate on your favorite podcast app so you can hear us talk media, politics, and a few things in between at your leisure. Uh, we'll be back with more next week. Uh, but in the meantime, you can stay in touch with us on Facebook or Twitter, where our handle is Fourth Estate AU. My name is Peter Frey. And thank you very, very much for listening. <laughs>